Welcome to TT with the Ballers podcast. World Cup Series. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of TT with the Ballers. We are at the 7th episode of the World Cup Series and today we are discussing the Croatia versus Argentina game. Arguably, I would say one of the best World Cup performances by Messi in the way he carried the team forward with with a wonderful assist, one goal from penalty, but uh what a performance from Argentina team made a uh, Croatia, which was, you know, all of a sudden people started saying, oh, it's not luck that has favored Croatia, but it has been tactics and it was garnering some support. Uh, Argentina showed Croatia its place. Croatia kind of surrendered themselves to Argentina's brilliance. Obviously, we have to discuss Luka Modric, another great of the game who played his last in international football ever. So, his coming off certainly hurt. But uh, we'll start from the start and we'll take in comments of, I I think, two people. I have I have Abhimanyu and I have Jayesh back with us in the episode. So, welcome both of you. And... Uh, so I have two people who are, I wouldn't say, are overtly fond of Messi. Jayesh certainly isn't. Abhimanyu is not an out and out uh, Messi supporter. But uh, what do you make of Messi's performance? And and does is is the world or is the world conspiring to give Messi a well-deserved farewell from world football? With a World Cup at his hand, Abhimanyu, why don't you start first? Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Ash. Uh, certainly seems like it, right? Uh, like who in the right minds would have expected that Messi would be the person carrying the team forward this World Cup after after he had already done that in 2014. So it's 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 pretty unexpected that uh, the guy is still kicking about and leading his team. Uh, from the from the from with with the car, captain's armband around his shoulder and uh, from the very front of the lines, so it's it's pretty commendable and uh, there is a reason why he's he's always considered to be in the in the in the forefront amongst the discussions basically between mm-hmm. uh, like there's, there's always Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi and uh, the people are divided on who is right. the better player and everyone has their own bias. Uh, I have mine as well uh, towards Messi. In uh, like compared to Ronaldo, and and mm-hmm. he's, he's certainly proving his metal in this tournament. So it's 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 an it's an honor to watch him play at times. Wow, that's that's sure. I mean, that's huge words. But uh, so I think we've seen a different side of Messi this time. A more aggressive, a more leaderistic kind of performance. You know, fearless. Yeah, fearless, aggressive, something that we have not associated with Messi. I mean, he gets tackled, he falls, he gets up and he gets on with the game. But this Messi is like is, is like a lion and that is not a, a side of Messi that we have seen so far. So, Jayesh, you were all in for Croatia's victory, but, but I think uh, Messi humbled Croatia in the best way possible. 
uh, I think Croatia was promising, and until they conceded the penalty, the game was open. But uh, well, the magician, what a penalty! If you miss a penalty in the first game of the World Cup, and then you get more chances to take sort of penalties. I think that's the way to do it. Like, who would be able to save that penalty? Not that it was perfectly placed. It had the power of 100 legs of Messi behind it. And as much as I hate to say it, my God, he played fantastic. Uh, the kind of ball movement he had. I think Julian Alvarez was playing at another level. Croatia, I, I would say... There's no other statement rather than saying that they got humbled. Uh, I felt bad because I was all in Croatia. Uh, but then I you think... You were all in not Argentina, basically, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still all in not Argentina, but uh, uh, the thing right now is that Messi is, as I mentioned, Messi is playing... Fearlessly, he is not scared to fall down. He's not. He he's not. He has not been the one to uh, speak much about the games. Not the one to, you know, go ahead and criticize people. He has been. I think. I think he has been commendable in that terms that he has not just taken his team to leadership. Uh, in terms of getting where they are in the finals of the World Cup. But also from a personal standpoint, he has changed his attitude. Because we always know his game is the best. But his attitude, he has brought in the right attitude. And I think that also can be a point of debate where the two goats, uh, Ronaldo, who is having massive attitude problems according to the media, and a Messi, who is shutting everyone out and making it count on the bigger stages so it's, i mean i mean uh, even <laughs> messi has shown a little bit of that side uh, i mean yeah, i would yeah, like I, to take I, in it's, views it's of in abhimanyu on this i mean we have all seen and never expected messi to walk up to van hal and and just signal with his hand to talk a little less uh, what do you make mm. of it uh, did it's, it's... Netherlands, in retrospect, played a much better game than what we had seen on the day? I mean, after this Croatia game, I think Netherlands played really well. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Uh, my my assertion is that uh, after Cruyff, maybe Loewe van Gaal is the best uh, Netherlands coach that uh, the team has ever had. Uh, we we had seen that in 2014 as well. We have seen that we saw that in 2022 as well, where they had a comparatively younger and somewhat more depleted squad. We didn't have the same uh, midfield power that they had in 2014, uh, operating in 22. But uh, irrespective of that, they were able to make it in the round of eight, round of 16, and uh, give a good challenge to Argentina. So that's that's pretty commendable. Uh, uh, one 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 thing that I would definitely want to focus on is uh, the the social media strategy, which at times seems uh, seems very safe in a way. Uh-huh. But if you if you if you look at uh, Messi's post after they beat Netherlands and it was a controversial match because there were lots mm-hmm. of uh, cards handed out and stuff like that, so uh, no team came out of it 
with much respect for the referee uh, right. in that match. Uh, but uh, Messi apparently used uh, an explicit uh, word in in his Facebook uh, post, and no 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 social media team is ever going to allow their player to post something along those lines. Right. So it's 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 Messi basically going in with the idea that he is the person that uh, everyone has to look up to within the squad at this point in time. Uh, say a few curse words to prove his point at times, if, if it comes to that. And I think he has the full support of the uh, manager even in this particular thing. Because uh, the uh, Argentina manager... Exactly. He's with, uh, 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 you know, a roaring Messi. We saw exactly. a silent a, Messi, a roaring I Messi. guess. Yeah. Exactly, and 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 he needs that, I believe, because Scaloni does not have a lot of experience coming into this World Cup. He's, I think, been the assistant manager for two years in a in a in a in a team in Argentina before this, and that was it. That's his pedigree as a manager. Right. right. But but he's but with with the advent of a Messi who is aggressive on the field and not afraid to point things out on social mm-hmm. media, despite his team telling him not to do that, is a Messi that can actually prove that there's a reason why he's the captain on the field. Uh, and, and, and that's that's helping Scaloni and the Argentina squad immensely at this juncture. Right. Uh, Jayesh, do you think Argentina can win it? Because it certainly seems they can. Yes. 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 They have the right mentality. They, they are thinking straight. They know what they are looking for. I mentioned it countless times earlier. World Cup is a seven-match game if you include the finals when you are playing that. And all you need to do is keep your head straight and get the goddamn job done. It's not a 38-match marathon. It's a seven-match sprint. And you have to maintain your attitude uh, to get that done. Right. Uh, Just moving ahead, uh, we have a game coming up next. Which is France versus Morocco. Uh, Abhimanyu, provided a France goes into the finals, which it does seem, and you know, a Morocco mm-hmm. in the final would be too much of an upset. Uh, do you think this French side can break Morocco, and how do you find them uh, facing this Argentina, the Blues against the light Blues, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> Sorry for that. So, uh, blues, so, but yeah. Uh, no, no, it works. It works. Adversius <laughs> versus Le Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, the thing with uh, the Argentina squad is, I think uh, it's a squad that knows how to correct the mistakes that they make. Uh, for example, the first match in this World Cup was them. Their first match was them getting beaten by Saudi, which was right. something that no one expected, basically. And it was uh, then they coached it was it. very tactical defeat, you know. It was not it was they got beaten tactically, and that's when I started thinking, does Colony have it? But then eventually their exactly. game improved and look at where they are. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So they, they always scores correct in a way. Even in the Netherlands match, they kind of gave up defensively after they had scored the two goals. And then both by Ghost uh, proved why he is considered the best target man. Uh, within the Netherlands squad in the last uh, like three six years after uh, the Schalke guy who used to play for them, uh, forgetting Klaus Jan Huntlar, I think uh, is the next Huntlar, number Van nine Corsi. proper. They have exactly. they have lost quite a talent, yeah. 
Exactly. So Wuth is in that particular mode and he's proven himself in this World Cup, at least in that particular game. And uh, that, 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 so they, they have learned from their mistakes, but then they do tend to get complacent in like four or five matches, as my observation. Like three, three matches in, they become complacent again. So I think they're going to be a little more complacent against France. They will try not to be complacent, but they will become complacent at the end of it. And I think the France team is uh, made up of serial winners at this point in time. So, they, they have an edge over uh, Argentina, in my opinion. If, right. if, they can, uh, if, they, if they can beat Morocco, obviously. Yep, I think it would be too much of a disappointment if they can't beat Morocco today. But I was just saying in the last podcast as well, France, when we started this World Cup series in my first episode, I said that France may crash out in the group stage. Given the kind of history World Cup winners had, I mean, I'm talking since, you know, since Italy won in 2006. Every time a champion has come back in in the World Cup, they have crashed out in the uh, group stages, be it Italy, be it Spain, be it uh, Germany, and then be this time, obviously, the defending champions are France. But, oh my God, this French team has has played some serious football and has some serious firepower uh, with Giroud. A Giroud that did not score much in the last World Cup, but uh, this World Cup, he has been on top of his form. And Usman Dembele, who we thought, okay, since he has had a poor season with Barcelona, he might not be able to perform. And Achillean Mbappe, who... Certainly carries carried some doubt before this tournament if he could translate his form and pace on the big stage. But oh, great performance again. Again, Anton Griezmann, uh, again, poor in terms of club season. But uh, he has played a very fantastic role. A role that we have associated with, you know, the so-called clinical passers of, of the world. Maybe a, something like a Tony Kroos or even Luka Modric or even, uh, as a matter of fact, some Mesut Ozil. He has been of that top quality. And currently, Griezmann is the top assist provider ever. So, this, this French team has two serious all-time greats of the French national team. One being... Of course, Anton Griezmann and the second being Olivier Giroud. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think about their chances against Argentina? Jayesh, would you like to add some? Uh, see, France were fearless last World Cup. They are they, they are showing the quality which they carry right now. They know how to get the job done. They already know it. I'll just give you an example to paraphrase this whole situation. Uh, A year ago, uh, Chelsea, Man City, Champions League final. And in the tunnel, the attitude showed, right? Uh, City players were all jumbled up. Chelsea was standing straight, focused. They knew what they need to get, what, what they need to do to get the job done. And at the same time, you know, comparing that situation right here, France knows how to get the job done. They are a bunch of serial winners. All of them, including Olivier Giroud, current Serie A champion, Kylian Mbappe, current League 1 champion. 
they are made up of champions and that's the kind of mentality they need right now and i don't think it needs to be said it out loud but as soon as a french guy puts on that le bleu jersey they start playing like we have not seen them play ever when a very big example this season not playing for france in the world cup paul pogba but see pogba playing for united and see pogba playing for france everybody just forgets how shitty he is while he's playing for united and then the kind of assists assists he produces the kinds of shots he produces the kinds of gameplay he has france as a team is very bad i mean this france uh, team especially that... without angolo kanté and without uh without paul pogba two of i would say the best of the best midfielders i mean take paul pogba out of any team and you'll have a weaker team take angolo kanté i mean as a chelsea fan you are very aware of what happens to your team if you take angolo kanté and this french team without both of them i mean credit where it's due uh shomeni griezmann and the psg guy uh Rabio, oh, Rabio, no, yeah, Rabio. Uh, Rabio. Yeah. Uh, all three of them have have put in a shift, and I think Shomeni's shot against England just shows the quality these people have, and 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 uh, the quality, the confidence, the mindset which they have. They are not see. Argentina has become fearless right now, and I I think the only fearless guy in Argentina right now are. I think Emiliano Martinez, their goalkeeper, and Lionel Messi, their captain. Rest everybody you see, they are they they think twice before they take an action. But you mm-hmm. see how well constructed the French team is. The right. French team is clinical. The French team is an opportunist. They are capitalists, to be very honest. Mm-hmm. As soon as they see an opportunity, they make a point that they have to climb on top of it and get the job done, no matter who comes in the way. Screw them. The way Kylian Mbappe might be a very nice human, but the way he reacted to Harry Kane's penalty miss, people might criticize him. But at that point of time, what mattered to him was France winning and getting the job done. So it 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 shows on their face, it shows in their attitude, it shows in their character. They are not here to have fun; they are here to win. and i think france has a very good chance to retain their title so given that they beat marrakesh today uh kingdom of marrakesh will not from... go down that easily my friend but uh, <laughs> abhimanyu provided uh, france see argentina in final uh, whom do you fancy and why uh so bit I think uh, my my bias has come to the fore here because I want Messi to win a World Cup before he retires, but I also want to support France because uh, I've studied in France and I have some French friends, so <laughs> it's it's pretty divided at this juncture. I would uh, potentially wanted to go to penalties and then sort it itself out if it if I can help it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Something similar I, that, that happened to me in Argentina versus Netherlands match. I mean, I can, I, 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 I have maintained that I don't support any team, and I'm just watching for the sake of it. But uh, 
Netherlands versus Argentina was a difficult pick for me because I liked both the teams and I liked uh, what they brought to this World Cup. And uh, yeah, either of them going out would have hurt. And the way it turned, the match turned upside down. Oh, it was, I don't know. It was difficult to digest. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, 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 my national team uh, choices are quite like my club football choices. <laughs> I support Germany and Southampton FC. So, <laughs> not having the best of times. <laughs> but yeah, since you are here, why don't we discuss once the Germany and their troubles. I mean, I heard Manuel Neuer broke his leg while skiing now. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. With all of Nubel that, takes uh, over in Bayern now. dard mein logo ko chot lag jati hai, yar. But uh, Abhimanyu, why don't you give us a deep dive into what went wrong with Germany? We have obviously we have a surface level opinion uh, on those things, but uh, why don't you go on? Uh, it's it's it's. <laughs> Okay, the, the rant begins this way. Uh, like Hansi Flick, we had expected better things from him, frankly, compared to Joachim Lau, because we assumed that Joachim Lau, he, once he had discovered his winning formula in 2014, he just stuck to it and didn't want to make any changes. But apparently, this is uh, Hansi Flick's problem as well. He kind of stuck to the same old routine of having Muller play as the false nine, mm-hmm. having Gundogan play in the midfield, despite him not necessarily being the fittest player on the pitch at that point in time. Having uh, like experimenting with the right back when you have a ready-made right back and Kimmich available, but still having Kerrer on the field at times, like there was no but need wasn't to experiment. Kehrer one of the better, one of the most informed players. Thilo Kerrer has never had a career where he's been an informed and uh, proper player. Like even at PSG, he was always deemed as the player who could have been great but was never great. At Bayer Leverkusen, I think, before mm-hmm. uh, he shifted to PSG, everyone had the same opinion about him. Like, this guy can be great, but he never reached that level. Yeah. Uh, so, he's always been the guy who could have been great, but was never great. Uh, couple that with the fact that you have some players who are, like, proper icons of the game, but have clearly lost it. Like, Muller, he should not be playing in the German national team at this juncture. Or Neuer, for that regard. I have immense respect for Manuel Neuer, but I think his time is up with the German national team. It's probably four years too late now. It should have been Ter Stegen in the goal or maybe some other new guy. But uh, not Neuer uh, was my understanding of things. So, it's, it's just been a matter of sticking to what you know. Has tended to work in the past and mm-hmm. not revitalizing your team. That has led Germany to a similar fate that they... Uh, like had to go through in 2018, and the the only way to correct this is to go for a radical uh, uh, reinvention of the squad, like uh, Joachim Lau had done earlier in 2018 when he had told Muller and Hummels and uh, Boateng that you guys are out now. Uh, Post that, like I was pretty incensed at the time, like because I thought that okay, Joachim Lau, it's your mistake and not the player's mistake, but right. clearly it was. The player's mistake this time around. And if uh, Hansi Flick takes the decision that, okay, Muller, it's time for you to retire, who's this? And Muller still like throws a AC fit, then I know for a fact that it was Muller's problem and not Hansi Flick's problem at this juncture, is my read on, reading of it. And it's pretty important to do that right now, to reinvent right. the whole um, squad. Abhimanyu, I had a question for okay, you. Yeah, yeah, Jesh, please. Do you think leaving out Royce at this point of time when the German team? Had a big impact because experience, if you can count in Muller, why not worse? 
sorry, couldn't hear you clearly, Jayesh. Uh, uh, he asks that why not Royce? Uh, Marco Ruiz has 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 uh, has decent experience in his hands, and if you can trust a Muller, then why not uh, Ruiz? Mm-hmm. The issue with Royce has always been his injuries, frankly. Uh, whenever uh, he's literally like, even in 2014, I think he wasn't able to, able to no, make no. it to the squad because he was injured at the time. Yeah, he was injured and he missed the World Cup. Uh, so it's it's always been a like injury problem with the guy. He's obviously a very gifted footballer, but he's not been able to maintain that standard throughout the years because of his injury issues. Uh, like the, the issue with Germany at this point in time is stars who were able to like be in their prime in 2014, not really continuing that stride later in their careers. Like the young ones during that time are nowhere near the level to be in the football national football team anymore. Like your Christoph Tremer, for example, was supposed to be a hot midfield talent in 2014. He's nowhere near right. the German squad anymore because he's just not that good enough anymore. Uh, it's 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 a real necessity in the German national team to reinvent right now, to bring in these players like the Florian Wirtz that we keep hearing about in Bayer Leverkusen. He's supposed to be a generational talent, but he was not in the squad. Uh, uh, similarly, uh, this guy, uh, uh, there's this uh, defender in the German national squad uh, whom I wanted to see get minutes in this World Cup, Bella Pacha, because he plays for... Nico Schulz uh, is a good player as well, but Bella Kochap, I had a personal oh, bias Kochap, he plays for Southampton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he plays for Southampton, exactly. And he's shown a decent uh, like performance initially. So I was expecting that he would get some minutes against Costa Rica or some other squad maybe, but yeah. uh, it wasn't to be, maybe. Uh, maybe it would have been possible if Germany had a better chance in the group stages and better points tally mm-hmm. at that juncture. But uh, yeah, it's it's time to reinvent. It's time to completely visit the drawing board and uh, change things up. Otherwise, uh, Germany is going to be stuck in this rut for a long, long time. And, and it, uh, it, it like, doesn't feel nice, you know. It doesn't feel nice to see Germany. It doesn't feel like Germany. It, it doesn't yeah, feel like Germany. It, it, back to exactly. back. Exactly. It doesn't feel like Germany. Stage exits is the least we had expected. But uh, last question, maybe, of this round before we uh, just discuss the new lineup that has already come for France versus Morocco and we'll take predictions and then probably close. Jamal Musiala, do you think, how would you rate his World Cup performance? I mean, we've had divided opinion. We have other friend on the, on the group called Anshu and he, he still feels, and we had this discussion that, you know, Jamal Musiala had, had a decent World Cup uh, performance, but I think otherwise, I think he should have stepped up a notch and he should have, you know, played better than what we saw of him. So, what do you feel about mm-hmm. Musiala's overall game? Do you think a player who uh, is the supposed striker? I mean, we have seen uh, Jude Bellingham do what he d- did and he's he's a hot property. He's a very talented player, but I kind of somewhere expected Musiala to to do what Bellingham is Bellingham did for England, and unfortunately he couldn't do that. So, mm-hmm. so would you say that his performance was good, bad, decent? What's your take on Musiala? So, so he was, uh, in my opinion, 
a 7.5 rated player in a sea of 5 rated players is the way i would see it is the reason why he seemed to like uh, seemed to be playing really well in flashes but uh, right. he wasn't necessarily completely bossing the game and that was pretty clear from the final scores at the ends of the game and at the end of the games so uh, understanding is musiala still has a long way to go to actually be at bellingham's level in my opinion but he'll probably get there if he gets the correct chances within the german national team and within bayern going forward right so yeah uh, we have the lineups coming in there has been one change in the french lineup ibrahima konate gets the knock uh, gets the nod and upamenko has has sees the bench and uh, osman dembele as we expected starts other than that i don't see any changes uh yamik is playing well, rabio doesn't seem to be on the bench right okay fofana gets the nod in, in instead of rabio yep rabio has been completely out of he's not even in the substitute bench so that are two shocking changes Ibrahima Konate in instead of Upamecano and uh, yeah and Fofana gets the nod over Rabio surprising but mhm 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 Jayesh we just talk we were just talking about not disrupting your team and and we kind of blamed Portugal for for you know for replacing Ronaldo and getting Ramos and that disrupted the team does this seem too much of a disruption for you i'll just say one thing haha <laughs> <laughs> it 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 just makes it a little interesting you know but i i see i see a five at the back for uh, morocco and we already know what morocco is going to do and and i think today we really will get to see if if olivier giru is worth his money uh abhimanyu oh uh, he, is, he is <laughs> uh, i mean uh, he i was i was just seeing uh, uh, van dyke's one of the videos and uh, the recent one uh, with gary neville and gary neville asks who do you think is the toughest opponent you've played and trust me uh, van dyke has played against some really good opponents and of all them he he's he says that you know you know olivier giru because you think you've got him but then he would just pop and score against you so i think mm-hmm. we're going to see we're going to see if if this french team can break a very resilient hard working morocco team utkarsh a, a friend from tt with the ballers obviously supports morocco but uh, any takers for morocco amongst you guess not i think we should not underestimate them uh, to be very honest they have shown resilience persistence and perseverance to be here and they have taken out some big names out of the competition so definitely they are a force which is to be reckoned with and you can't just count them out but at the same time you are playing against france who as i mentioned are ruthless dot dot dash fuckers mm-hmm. so uh you know at, at the same time 
so Morocco will play defense. We know the game Morocco has been playing and what has got them till here. And I think they will not change their tactics and mentality and it will make their job tough. But against the likes and the pace of uh, Mbappe, Dembele, uh, the way Giroud pulls in those defenders and allows uh, Mbappe and Dembele to get inside or probably an Antoine Griezmann to make a gap or a Tusha many to you know have a gap and a shot at goal. It, it is going to be challenging and we'll see a lot of ball with France and time and again it has been shown that if a lot of ball is with France, they tend to attack with all their force, all the force they have till the kingdom come. So, I'm all in for France, but it would be fun if Morocco puts a hell of a fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've like been impressed by the goalkeepers. That, that guy is good, Bono. Yeah, without without you, yeah. because... he's pro Bono, bro. <laughs> he's pro Bono, yeah. No, I, I had another joke for him because uh, I had I had read his name as Yasin Bonu initially, B O N O U, but it's apparently with or without you. Uh, the song by YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> A good one, man. Good one, man. But yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting, and I, I I at least don't see a clean sheet for France. That's how persistent Morocco have been, and oh God forbid if Morocco take these two penalties, it will be fun. I I, I would really enjoy that, that for a slight change of scenario. Wow, <laughs> too much of disruption. But uh, <laughs> yeah. with that, guys, let's take in the predictions, and let's. Uh, bid farewell and get ready for the match. 3-1 France. Uh, he stole the words right out of my mouth, Jayesh. Uh, 3-1 France. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's add the fun here. Morocco scores first. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Uh, no, I think I think uh, France will score two and then that's when Morocco probably gets one goal. And then Giroud or Mbappe finish their hopes with the third one. This is my understanding of something along those lines. See you guys. I think I think, I I think my prediction Cup, is 2-1 in favor of France. And uh, I think I think we're gonna see a very tough match. We're gonna see a very resilient uh Morocco side, and I think it's gonna be nil-nil in the first half, and the game will open up in the second. Uh yeah. So with that, I think we've come let's to the end. Let's see. Of... Let's see. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the love and support. And keep listening to us. Bye bye. We don't have Anshu for us, but uh, cheers. Time we have him. I I'll do the honors. I'll do the honors. <laughs> we are coming very soon on YouTube. <laughs> so please like, comment, awesome. and subscribe. <laughs> Okay then, bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye.